G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Folks, now listen. Wake up now. Here we go. You've got to hear this. This is the only place in Scripture God talks to people like this. Hi and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. Today we continue Tithing Defined. Where are you investing your money? In acquiring more stuff for yourself or in spending on God's kingdom, particularly your church, in order that it may achieve the things God has planned for it? Test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. He says, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and we continue Tithing Defined. Tithing is the starting place for New Testament giving. In both Old and New Testaments, there are two words used, tithe and offering. What is the distinction? The tithe, as we've said, is one-tenth of your total income. What's the offering then? The offering is what you give above and beyond what is required. You say, well, why would anybody do that? Because their heart's been changed. They want to give as much money as possible to expand the kingdom of God because that's where their heart is. I know people who actually start downsizing and living with just life essentials because they know that everything on this earth is wood, hay, and stubble and will come to an end. So whatever I invest in the material or the temporary, it will one day perish. But if I invest in the spiritual, if I invest in lives and souls and people who are hurting, that will stand forever. That's where I choose to invest my stuff, my resources. And so that is called an offering above and beyond what you give the tithe. And as a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians, Paul said this to the church, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. In other words, The more you give, the more you sow, the more you reap. And the heart of a Christian is to reap as much as possible for the kingdom of God. So some people get so motivated, they go beyond the tithe into the offering and start to reap a great harvest. Now, this is going to be hard for some of you to take. You know I love you. You know I do. Some of you in the room have never in your entire life given God an offering because you've never given him a tithe. The offering comes after the tithe. It's hard to handle, but it's true. In 2 Corinthians, uh, there's another part to this. The Bible says, God loves a cheerful giver. So I've had people look me right in the eye, straight face, and say this to me, Jeff, that's why I don't give, because I'm not cheerful. (laughs) I want to help you today with that. I want to, I want to, I, I am here to encourage you, fake it. <laughs> you, I'm, I'm dead serious. 
Because a long obedience in the same direction will sooner or later create emotion. If you obey God in what is right, even when you don't feel like it, and you do it long enough, it will start to generate the emotion of happiness, of thanksgiving, and the realization that you are exactly where God wants you to be, and you'll start to experience peace and contentment with what you have, rather than frustration with what you don't. Seven, tithes are to be brought to the storehouse. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. All right, those of you who are Bible scholars, and I know the justifications, here's what we said. The reality is in the Old Testament, cash and animals, goats and pigs and cows, whatever, all that brought to God, it was brought to a storehouse at the temple. Why? So that it be collected for those who God had called and the vision that God had called the nation of Israel to achieve that there would be food in his house. There would be resources to be able to accomplish the vision that God gave the nation Israel and the priest then would be able to go out and make sure that vision gets done. They brought it into the storehouse. I believe, and I didn't for a very long time, that the clear modern day application of this is bringing the tithe into the local church. Why would you say that? The place where you worship, the place that spiritually motivates you, the place that feeds you, the place that you feel like God has called you to because the vision of a fully devoted follower in every home of walking across the room, walking across the valley, walking across the world is the vision you feel God's called you to. Therefore, you bring the tithes into the storehouse that the job may be done. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, Jeff, I tithe. I do tithe. I tithe to focus on the family. No, you don't. That's your offering. Now, wait a minute. I give to focus on, I love focus on the family. I love Chuck Swindoll, Insight for Living. I love Campus Crusade. I like what athletes in action do in taking the gospel through the game of basketball to the world. I love all that. And those are honorable things. The biblical pattern is for you to bring the tithe into the storehouse. And if you want to give to these organizations, God is pleased, but that's your offering. Pragmatically, forget about not knowing it. This is not a legalistic thing. God's not counting, all right, well, wait a minute. No, no, it's a pragmatic issue. If everybody at Christ Church of the Valley handled their funds the way you do, could we do our work here? What if everybody said, well, I'm giving my tithe to focus on the family, but I'm coming to Christ Church of the Valley? We'd accomplish nothing. We wouldn't be able to do what we feel God has called us to do. It's a pragmatic principle. It's practical. Bring the tithes into the storehouse to accomplish the vision God has given us. But if you want to give an offering above and beyond, and it's not to Christ Church of the Valley, you feel compelled because God will lead some of you to give to athletes in action because you think basketball is a great way to advance the gospel in some of these countries. And I, I think that it is. It's reaching people. Other, other par- there are great parachurch organizations. But bring the tithes into the storehouse. Even Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. I know that passage is not about money. I'm aware of that. But the principle is universal. Alternatively, then, a house united will be strong or stand strong. If we bring collectively our resources together and our talents and our ability and our money, then we will be able to successfully accomplish the vision God has given. Eight, the tithe is the only area in life where God says, try me. Now, I love this. Oh, this is, this is good. Listen, verse 10 Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Try me, test me, prove me. Folks, now listen, wake up now, here we go. I know lunch is gonna come, but you gotta hear this. 
How many of you, listen, this is the only place in scripture God talks to people like this. Test me, try me. How many of you know what a gauntlet is? Good man. I like this guy. He knows what a gauntlet is and he knows what the envelope system is. I like him already. <laughs> Armored glove that warriors, they would wear to protect their hands during sword fights. Because during those fights, man, hand-to-hand combat, if you wounded your hand, you're in big trouble, defenseless. So these warriors and these knights wore these armored gloves designed to protect the hands. When two men were at odds with each other, and one would say, man, you don't think, I I know what you're saying about my family. I don't like what you're insinuating about my wife and my children. I know what you're saying about the Colts, and I like the Colts. I'm just throwing that in for today. (laughs) You say, what and what he would do is, don't you think I know what you're saying? Don't you think I understand that you're insulting me? And he'd take this, this gauntlet and he would throw it down. He'd throw down the gauntlet and he said, you don't think I know what you're saying? You don't think I know what you're insinuating? Let's go, you and me, one-on-one, let's get it on. Let's get it on right here, right now. And he would throw down the gauntlet. That is the Hebrew word, synonym really, used for try me. You know what God's doing? He's saying, you don't think I know what you make? You don't think I know what my part is? You don't think I know what I will deliver if you trust me in this? You don't think I know what you're insinuating? You don't think I know what you're withholding? You don't think I know that you don't trust me to open the windows of heaven and bless your life? And he throws down the gun. He says, let's you and me right here, right now. Let's get it on. Let's get it on right now. Oh, I love that. That's good. And he's saying like this, you will not lose in this, Jeff. You will not lose in this. How will I not lose? Number nine, tithing positions me to receive blessings from God. He says, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Now listen, look up again. God says, hey, now now follow me. me. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Those of you who are struggling financially right now, you've lost jobs, you say, this is the last thing I need to hear at church. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Because it's not, it's equal sacrifice, not equal gift. If you're making $10 and you give $1 in the eyes of God, you are just as with God as the guy who makes 500,000 and gives 50,000. That's the widow's mite story. It's not how much you give. If you're making 600,000 and you give God 40,000, but there's a woman over here who's struggling as a single mom. She makes $100 a month and she's given 10. Who do you think is justified in the eyes of God? Just because you give 60,000 or whatever, you think that makes you more viable? No, uh-uh. Whatever you have, whatever income you have generated. And here's the point. He goes on to say, look, here's, God says, I love you and I'm patient. That's why I don't destroy you. <laughs> it's funny in verse six, right? That's why I don't kill you, wipe you out right now because you're not great. No, he says, no, I love you and I'm patient, but hear me. He says, hear me on this. You have to understand from my perspective, there is a window. This is poetic license. Metaphorically speaking, there is a window in heaven from which all the blessings flow into individual lives. And you're violating this fundamental elementary principle And yet you expect me to open the windows of heaven and pour blessings into your life. When you get in trouble, you come to me and pray for help. You want me to bless your job and your finances, yet you violated this all your life. And God says, I'm telling you, there's a barrier there now. And it's blocked because of your willful disobedience. But he says, alternatively, man, 
If you start honoring me and giving to me what is rightfully mine, that barrier will be broken and the blessings will be, will be free-flowing from heaven into your life. Somebody will come up to me and they'll say, Jeff, you don't get it. I can't afford that. No, 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 listen. Whatever you make, 90% is yours. The other 10 doesn't even belong to you. You don't get to decide what happens to it. It's not yours. God is saying, I have a legal claim to that as an external affirmation of what you say you believe internally that every good and perfect gift comes to me or from me to you. That's why, folks, by the way, if we had time, we'd talk about what it means when he says rebuke the devourer. He says that there are two forces diametrically opposed to one another in your life. One wants to give you blessing and joy. The other wants to rob you of any peace of mind and contentment and take away any sense of satisfaction you have and put fear in your life. And God says, if you are violating this fundamental command, then not only have you created a barrier between the free-flowing blessings of God into your life, but also you've given the devourer room to operate. And I'm telling you, God says, you be faithful to me in this and I'll rebuke the devourer and I'll tell him, go away. You cannot touch my servant Jeff. He honors me here. Now back off. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. We're finishing the message, Tithing Defined. God asks us to give first a tithe to our church and then offerings over and above that. Let's continue now. Number one, disobedience in tithes and offerings equals stealing from God. That's hard. Young people, teenagers, you generate income. It's true for you as it is somebody who's making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Disobedience and tithes and offerings equals stealing from God. Why would you talk about money in an economy like this? I would talk about it especially in an economy like this because God has your attention right now. That you would honor him in this to get him involved in whatever it is that you're facing. Let me illustrate it to you like this. Now, anybody have a $100 bill? I'm serious. Anybody have, one? Anybody have a $100 bill? Help me. Do you have one? You are, now everybody knows who to come to after the service. <laughs> you are a good man. Thank you. $100 bill. All right. Hey, you know what? On second thought, that's not a good illustration. I, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> Let's think about this. For, now, this, I, you're a great guy, so this may not work, but just stay with me. If I left here today with this in my pocket... For most people, how are you going to feel? Man, my senior pastor's a thief. The guy's a thief. He walked right out and didn't give me my $100 bill back. If I have any sense of character or integrity at all, at all, any spiritual maturity in my life at all, at the fundamental level, when I get home today and I pull this out and I think, kids, let's go to the movie and go to eat, how am I going to feel? Any character at all, I'm going to feel like this. Man, I, I feel guilty. This is, I've taken what doesn't belong to me and using it for my purposes. <laughs> Jeff, I don't like where you're going with this. Don't tell me that I, are you saying I have God's money in my pocket? Where do you have it? Mutual funds? <laughs> I mean, some of you are driving God's money. <laughs> some of you are living in God's money. Some of us are golfing with God's money. Some are constantly being entertained with God's money. And there are many, many wives 
in this room right now, seated next to their husbands, that want to say something because they get it for somehow long before husbands ever do. Do you know what changed my mind? My wife. Sweetheart, how can we expect God to bless us and our children and our family and our future when you and I are violating this concerning God? And that moment, I thought, wow, I am so willing to fork out $200 to play a golf course in New Zealand when I'm only making 30000 a year. But when that offering bag comes around, I got to take a crowbar to my wallet. And everything changed from that point. Stealing from God has significant consequences. You need to know that. Look at it from God's point, almost done. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father, the heavenly lights, from the Father above. Now here's what we do. Stay with me, please. Here's what we do. You come to worship on the weekend. Traffic is easy, free flowing, no problem. You come into this place. You worship at Christ Church of the Valley and we raise our hands, lift our voices. God is great. Man, he's magnificent, majestic, wonderful God. And then we take communion together, bow our heads and we thank God for the cross. Then we listen to a message by a funny looking, funny talking boy from the South. <laughs> in hopes, in hopes that he will encourage us. He'll say something that will make a difference. And then comes the offering time and we say, bless this Lord now as we give back a portion of what you've given to us. And then here's what happens. Now I'm going to do something here. Do not put any money in this bag. This is just an illustration. Do not put any money in the bag, okay? Just pass it down. Just, just pass it. Don't, don't stop. Just pass it down. Just hold it there at the end. Now, that happens. Just hold it right there. Just right there. That happens every week. And every time it goes by, you and I have a decision to make. And it's a very simple one. Will we obey or disobey God? It's that clear cut. You say, hold on a minute, Jeff. You're judging me because I don't put my money or offering in the bag. I do it online with online giving. Yes, that's why you can't judge a person next to you when the offering bag comes by and they don't put anything in. You can't judge them. You don't know where they are in their heart with God and what they're doing and how they're giving. That's why I do not want to know who gives what in this church ever. I don't want to know. But I, and that, that's why I can stand up here with great strength and look at y'all and treat you all the same. This is what God says. There are severe consequences in disobeying God in this. Number one, the absence of God's protection on your finances. Listen, young people, better get it right now. If you decide to go at it alone, then you will go at it alone. 90% of what you make and God is much better than 100% with you by yourself. Second, the guilt regarding the hypocrisy. I know what this is like. Man, I, I'm the king of justification. That's right. I give to the poor. I give my time and my talents. That's enough. Well, good for you, but no, it's not. First fruits of everything that you generate income-wise goes to God too. And if people who obey this principle in their lives, when financial hardship does come, because sometimes it still comes in an economy like this, I've noticed they take it a lot better. And you know why? Because they know in their heart they're honoring God, so God's got a purpose in this and he's gonna teach us a lesson and I'm gonna weather the storm, and they do. 
But people who aren't honoring God in this, and difficult times come, here's what they do. Is God punishing me? Is he after me? Is God trying to get my attention? Am I been failing in this? What's happening? Is God trying to say something to me? Read my lips. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Because he's mad at you and he hates you? No, because he loves you, but he can't release the barrier because he would be condoning your disobedience. And so he says, I've got your attention now. Now think about where your money goes. And third and last, stealing from God means the loss of blessing. Two more statements and it's over. He says, test me now in this. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you until it overflows. Now, please hear me. There is a cause and effect between tithes, offerings, and blessings in your life, okay? Cause and effect between tithes, offerings, and blessings in your life. And here's what most people say. Well, if God just poured out the windows of heaven and gave me a bunch of stuff, I'd tithe. God says, "Uh uh-uh, you first. You first. If I can trust you in the little things, then I'll know that I can shift some resources and maybe trust you with bigger things. Now, don't lump me Lump me in the same category as televangelists. Nowhere this morning have I said that blessing always means cash. I didn't say that. I didn't say that if you give God 10, he'll give you 100 back. No, I'm not God and I don't know. I just know this. Sometimes the mere blessing is your peace of mind that you're honoring God and giving what belongs to him. That is the way God works. And here is the paradigm shift for all of us. I could have read this statement and saved 90 minutes of preaching over the last three weeks. You say, why didn't you? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Here's what it is. You think that by withholding your money, you're protecting yourself. But in reality, you are destroying the potential for God to open up the windows of heaven and bless you. You think that by hoarding, you're protecting when in fact you're destroying. That's a message God has for every one of us. I love you. I do. I love you. But that's why I want the blessings of God to come into your life. And I want them too. I want them. I'm not beyond being blessed by God. And I have a folder full of stories in my office of people who sent me emails, and I've been met out in the patio all weekend by saying, Jeff, man, you are so right, man. I started doing this, and this is what happened. You decide. Father, we are grateful for your provision. We thank you that uh, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. We thank you that we have so much, and we ask for forgiveness where we Somehow we just lose sight of it all and we forget that we have so much more than we need, really. And in those times where it's difficult and we're in great need, those are the times that really open our eyes to be able to ask the question if we've invested in lives so that when those needs come that there will be people who will rally around us and will help us. I pray that we would be the kind of church where... People who are in need would say, you know, I can go to CCV. And they're at least going to help me get on my feet again. I pray we'd be that kind of church. There wouldn't be judgment, but just encouragement and advice and guidance. 
Father, I thank you for this morning and I pray that our eyes would be open and we would see your motivation for us in using such harsh words as you did with your people and because you love them and because the windows of heaven wait that you may pour out your blessing on us as we honor you in Jesus' name. This is Today with Jeff Vines, and that's the end of Tithing Defined. Next time, as part of the Paradigm series, we'll hear about running from God. There's more information and resources from Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.